Welcome once again to 20 Minute Topic. I'm Marcus Stead and I'm joined as usual by Greg Lance Watkins. Every day we're reading stories in the papers about children coming home from school anxious and upset because they've been fed horror stories by their teachers about man-made climate change. And we've heard numerous instances of teachers telling children Brexit supporters are bad. So Greg and I ask, how can integrity be restored to teaching? Greg, I want to get to the heart of the problem straight away. And as I see it, the problem with the teaching profession is this. A lot of teachers go through school themselves, go to university, go to teachers training college, and then go straight back into the classroom. Now, I find that I learnt, and many other people I speak to about my age agree with this, that it's really after you've been to university and you go out into the real world and the workplace that you learn that this really is a malevolent world in many ways and you learn what life is really all about only when you start working and assume responsibilities. Whereas teachers have sort of been cocooned into the classroom environment. They've gone from the classroom environment, university, teachers training college and straight back into that environment. They have little understanding for the most part of the world outside of that environment. I think that's at the heart of the problem. I think that's probably true because it's actually worse than that. Many teachers, having gone to school, go to university, qualify, and go back to the the very school they were at. Mm. So this sort of incestuous introspection is worse um, than one might imagine. Mm. They really do have little authority. Hence, one comes up with the statement of, a man amongst boys and a boy amongst men. Um, It's a very poor way for many people in many walks of life, it's not just teaching, um, to behave. Uh, You think of the many people who leave university and um, go into politics as researchers or the like, or uh, PAs to a politician, and wind up as MPs. They have no experience of the real world. Many of them have never traveled other than organized by um, other people. They've never worked abroad. Their travel has consisted of um, two weeks, three times a year, possibly in different places. But what do you ever see? It's like Americans who talk about their travel experience. Well, they've left America the very few that do, and they go to a Sheridan, a Hilton, or a Holiday Inn. They experience a new country by looking out through the window. I think if I, if I go back to my own time at school, and I think back to who some of the best teachers were, a very, very small number came into teaching later in life, and I found that they were often the better teachers because they, they, there's two reasons I say that. Point one, they had done something else with their lives and therefore had other experiences to draw on. And secondly, they were the ones who were least likely to whinge about the state of teaching. Now, teachers work in a classroom environment from nine till half past three with a generous lunch break. Yes, they have to do several hours of marking each evening and um, several hours of 
preparing lessons and so forth. But the holidays are pretty generous all th- after all is said and done. And I found that those who had, had done something else with their lives and coming to teaching at a later stage had an understanding that actually this isn't a bad way to earn a living compared to other industries and so forth. So do you think we need perhaps then two things? First is more teachers who have come into it at a later stage in life, having done something else. And secondly, maybe more teachers who've gone through a a military experience, because this would not only give children a wider range of um, context in which they are learning, but it would also be good for the teaching profession for its own sake. I was incredibly fortunate. Um, due to age, um, <laughs> less fortunate at this stage in life. Um, but I was about to say, and you brought up military, many of my uh, more mature teachers at school had been through the Second World War. Mm. And their experience and context and that was tremendous. And um, they had, had or learned authority in the field, as uh, many of them young officers. Uh, We had um, even um, the odd major and the odd colonel on our staff um, who'd been through that war. These were people who fought, and they weren't just taught. And these were people who knew just how important understanding was to avoid the same thing happening again. So, yes, I believe that um, if you want to have professional teachers and treat it as a profession, I think that the only people who can seriously say they're professional teachers are those who have had a career, albeit perhaps a short one, outside of teaching before going back to school. One of the main failings of the modern education system, I think, is that it is teaching children what to think rather than how to think. And I recall an incident, and bearing in mind I'm 35, and I remember I would would have been in year eight at the time, and it was the morning after the 1997 general election, and we had a religious education class, and the the lesson began with the teacher uh, standing in the front of the class saying what a wonderful day this is 18 years of tory ruler over um we've got um the the poor have been let down the homeless have been let down public services are a mess we've been governed by crooks for 18 years and he went on this lecture for about five minutes now even at that age and i would have been what 13 at the time i knew that blairism was not going to end well And I knew that the Blair Project would do enormous damage to this country. And sure enough, it did, not just in terms of our standing in the world, but to this country's very fabric in all sorts of ways. But it it dawned on me then, and I probably already knew it by that stage anyway, that most of the teaching profession more or less fell in love with Tony Blair and the new Labour Project because, well, there there may be a number of reasons, but there is a real naivety to a lot of people in the classroom because they have never experienced life beyond that classroom environment. I think a great deal, or should I say a great percentage of teachers nowadays are no longer professional. They are just teachers. What was a proud profession just now politicised, 
biased and all too often guilty of child abuse. Right, we're going to go on to the, we're going to go on from that because you, you've used the phrase there, a very contentious phrase that some listeners inevitably will not like you using. But we're going to expand on this and go into into context on this in, in some depth now. And we're going to start by talking about the European Union. Now, I recall when I was at school, there was a library and there was a pile of um, booklets, quite thick booklets, with an EU flag on them, and it was titled Working Together in Democracy. Now, even at that age, when I was in secondary school, we talked in last week's podcast about the influence James Goldsmith's referendum party had on me leading up to the 97 election, but I knew that there was a real democratic deficit at the heart of the European Union, even at that age. And I remember saying to the librarian, I remember saying to her, I said... "Um, I dispute these claims in this booklet, and I, I, I believe that there should be alternative literature alongside it. Now, I didn't get told off for it because the librarian, I don't think, understood the issues herself, and she didn't tell me off, to be fair. But the fact that the teachers saw fit to just leave that pile of booklets there, given to them by the European Union, was concerning to me. And more recently, to bring this story up to date, I have known instances, and some of them have made the papers, of school teachers saying to their children um, that Leave voters are bad, that um, Nigel Farage is bad, that the Brexit party is bad, that UKIP is bad, that the Leave campaign was bad. Now, people will take a view on that. You may agree with it. You may disagree with it. I am no friend of Nigel Farage, as you know full well. Indeed, neither are you. But at the same time, teachers have a duty of impartiality and neutrality. And we have seen numerous instances, some of them actually quite disturbing, in the run-up to and in the period after the referendum, ongoing to this day, of teachers massively overstepping the mark with a pro-Remain, pro-EU bias in both a classroom context and in a wider school context? No doubt at all. Um, Let's look at a couple of things. The EU spends, and I mean it, billions a year on propaganda. Mm. Uh, Amongst that propaganda is the Erasmus teaching system, whereby Erasmus professors are put into universities right across the European Union to indoctrinate pupils. You go into any public library in this country and there is a section of leaflets um, on free distribution regarding the European Union. These leaflets are put out in school libraries, public libraries, and through councils. There is even a representative on councils for climate change. Well, can somebody please, please stop teachers abusing children such that young children of seven, eight, nine, ten are in tears of fear at the fact that politicians aren't doing enough about climate change, which is all our fault. Well, this is just an abuse of children. This is something that should be prosecuted. Climate change is not because of humans. It's been there for 4.5 billion years. Yet parents who take children out of school for an educational week of travel are prosecuted in the courts. However, teachers 
are getting children to bunk off during school time to have organised protests, organised in the main to undermine our present capitalist system and assist in bringing in new currencies due to the fact that politicians have made such a horse's ass of borrowing policies, particularly during the 13 years of classic misrule that we were unfortunate enough to have, which left the country near to bankrupt and forced the subsequent government to cut budgets on almost everything to desperately pay off the borrowing. This is not acceptable in schools. It is a criminal abuse of power by school teachers, one that children will suffer for an entire generation, purely for the salary. I want to look at this issue of climate change in more depth because we already have done a a podcast a few weeks ago. Those who haven't heard it can easily find it on our platforms where we debunk the theory of man-made climate change in some depth. But in schools, I go back to when I was in school, um, climate, the, the conventional theory on climate change that mankind was to blame, which was gaining traction throughout the 1990s, was taught as fact when I was in school rather than theory. But we've seen this intensify in recent years. And as you rightly say, we're now seeing a situation where children are in tears, are becoming anxious and depressed because they're being told that well, there's this, these ridiculous theories that if we all give up dairy and we all give up meat, this will save the planet. Whereas the reality is that even if the theory was true, which it isn't, we are a tiny dot in this country compared to China and India and South America and so forth. So even if it was true, us changing our lifestyles is not going to make a blind bit of difference. And on top of that... We shouldn't confuse it with a desire not to put plastic in the oceans and so forth, which is is a bad thing and we should avoid doing it. But those two issues seem to get mixed up to a huge amount. But it is absolutely disgusting, as you rightly say, that first of all, children are not only being indoctrinated with this stuff, but they're also being made, well, they're making themselves ill and they're making themselves anxious and depressed because they're being brainwashed. Now, Greta Thunberg is the most high-profile example of that, but we're seeing examples of it in schools around this country as well, and parents saying their children are coming home, they seem on edge and unhappy, and they start talking about this stuff, and then they also start preaching to their parents around the house, oh, we must give up meat, we must give up this, we must give up that. Uh, Sorry, you are not the master in this house, the parents are, and you should live by their rules, and it's wrong that teachers are putting pressure on children to put pressure on their parents to change their ways of life. And on top of this, there is no counterbalance in schools. There is no... This, this is what Christopher Booker had to say over 40 years on this subject, or this is what Professor Ian Plimmer in Australia has to say on it. There's none of that... It's all very one-sided, and they're following the conventional BBC line, um, the line we get out the BBC, but also the rest of the mainstream media. This is only a theory and a very, very wobbly one at that, and one that we debunked in a podcast a few weeks ago. And this indoctrination is totally unacceptable. It's not even a theory. It is a super con. Let me just run very rapidly since you opted to 
move on to the subject. Teachers have swallowed hook, line and sinker, the garbage in the United Nations IPCC report. Now, I've read every issue of that, every correction. I've also read the fact that at least one third of the scientists who are quoted as having contributed have asked to have their name removed because their contribution was a denial of its veracity. But it's still left in there because they did contribute, but nobody is admitting they said it was bunkum. Furthermore, 30,000 climate-trained scientists have signed the Oregon Declaration that says the IPCC report is hogwash. Now, let's look at a couple of numbers, boring as it may be, but I think we must justify what we're saying. Firstly, we're told that carbon dioxide is the great criminal produced by mankind. Ask the next 10 people you meet how much carbon dioxide, what percentage in the atmosphere. I very much doubt that any of them will come up with the right figure, which is 0.04% of the atmosphere is carbon dioxide. 97% at least of which is created naturally. At the very most, mankind is responsible for the creation of 3%. 3% of 0.04% of the atmosphere means that mankind is responsible for 0.0012% of the carbon dioxide that forms the atmosphere. So it's nothing to do with carbon dioxide. If mankind had died out completely yesterday, it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference to climate change. Climate change, which has been here for 4.5 billion years as one of the great constants on this planet. If we were to say in conclusion, you have just quite rightly listed a load of statistics which effectively disprove the theory of man might make climate change on its own. But in schools, we have a bias towards pro-EU and swallowing the conventional line on climate change. How do we even begin to put this right? Because I think the two solutions I can think of are point one, we need to encourage more people to go into teaching later in life after they have done something else with their lives and done something in the real world. And point two, more people from a military background need to go into the teaching profession and that needs to be encouraged. Do you think there's anything else we can add to that? Yes, I think we can add some prosecutions for people who lied to pupils. Where do you start? Do you start with the teachers themselves or the education authorities or the government syllabuses? Because I think all these are factors. Sorry, yes, yes, and yes. I think one, if one is going to be in loco parentis and claim to be an educationist, you must teach the truth, not the theory. You must teach people to learn, to analyze, and not just pour information into their ear, but help them put a filter between their ears, a brain, to work out what is true and what are both sides of the argument, 
and come up with their own conclusions. Otherwise, we are no damn different to North Korea. We are merely indoctrinating people, which is an obscenity. I think the lesson we can take from this is that if you have children, it's important to sit them down at the dinner table every evening and ask them, what did you learn at school today? And this isn't just so that you're making sure they're paying attention in class, but it's also to make sure that they're not being brainwashed and indoctrinated by their teachers. My thanks to Greg, and my thanks to you for listening. Join us again next week. See you then. Thank you.